the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 228 for October 10th, 2010. Coverage from the fall CTIA show, Verizon's aggressive LTE rollout, and a dozen new Android devices. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. Brought to you each week with the help of listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at thecellphonejunkie.com. The show is also supported by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application for the iOS, available now in the iTunes store for $1.00. And 99 cents. Well, let's first this week talk about a release, a leaked release of a new BlackBerry OS that Joey and I are both testing out here. This is the BlackBerry Bold 9650 leaked OS 6 ROM. The, the version showed up over at Crackberry this past week. It's a version 6.0.0.280. And we've both installed it on our devices. And uh, I, I want to talk about this just just briefly here. There's a lot of news to cover, but uh, this is something that we have both been following here. We, we've both got these these bolds, and we've been using them and, and testing out the ROM. And if you have a BlackBerry bold on Sprint or Verizon, uh, and you're thinking about doing this, we did an entire unlock show, um, or at least half of a, an unlock show, related to the upgrade process and what it's like to actually run OS 6 on your bold. And... This this version came out, .280 came out this week, and it totally fixes almost every single issue that both you and I had. And I, I've been very pleased with it so far, with one exception. I'll get to that in just a minute. But um, but I, I don't know. Why don't you just talk a little bit about some of the things that this one did? So if any of you out there are thinking about doing this upgrade, uh, it's I think it's definitely worth it. You know, it totally is worth it, Mickey. You know, just overall, the, the this BlackBerry with the OS 5, it was, it was decent, but it just never felt that great. For some reason, it always seemed kind of laggy, and there were stallouts where you'd hit a button, and then all of a sudden, you get those little spinning clock, and you couldn't do anything for 20-some seconds. And it just would do that more frequently. And then, of course, uh, you know, the browser difference, the OS 6, you know, the, the, the really big feature of it is this whole new WebKit browser with tab support. I mean, it's a night and day difference. I mean, it's like going from a WAP browser from a a Motorola StarTac to, you know, an iPhone. You know, the difference is is Mm -hmm. that big, basically. I mean, it is it's a quantum leap for an upgrade. Um, And uh, there were some issues we've had with the previous leaked version that we ran uh, basically last week and the week before. Uh, you know, video camera light didn't work. There was a few other minor issues. Now they're uh, they're escaping me with what they were. Uh, there was issues over Wi-Fi. A lot of data connection things didn't work over Wi-Fi. Like BIS, BES didn't work over Wi-Fi. Um, or, or and if they did, they were spotty. Um, so there was a few issues like that. Um, BlackBerry app roll didn't work if you had it uh, Wi-Fi turned on. So there was a couple little goofy things that have all been corrected in this new version and of course uh there was some lagginess in email that's now gone um so it's a you know it's a well worthwhile upgrade uh, especially if you have the old leaked version i mean you should do yeah. it immediately but um if you have you know the the os5 running i think uh basically everyone will be happy uh to upgrade to this leaked version just as a kind of a, a sneak peek at the the upcoming unlock show that'll be released this week, I talked to a number of the vendors at uh, CTIA, and one of them was RIM, and they confided to me that they are have sent out uh, what they consider to be 
near or final versions of the OS 6 to the carriers, and they're just customizing them, and we'll be getting them out to the bold at, on their own timelines. Um, so I, I have a feeling that what we're looking at right now is either the final version or very close to it. And that doesn't mean that you should absolutely go and do this, but if you're someone who's looking for added functionality and you're comfortable with, with doing this upgrade process, it's well worth it. And the upgrade process is extremely easy. Uh, basically, you just download the file. You you double click to install it on your Windows machine. It um, uh, you don't even have to delete the vendor.xml file that right. uh, you normally have to do with leaked versions. Uh, you just you know then load up your desktop manager, software uh, manager, BlackBerry software manager six or whatever it's called now, um, desktop software. There we go, and uh, it'll basically then prompt you saying there's an OS update for your phone. You click install, and it'll back everything up. It'll install it. It'll restore your device. Uh, some of your icons will be moved around, and some of your stuff you like. I have to re-enter registration codes for some of my software when this happens. Um, but that's it. I mean, it literally took 15 minutes to put this on here. It's yeah. not like the old days where it was an hour and a half to upgrade the BlackBerry OS. Um, so it's very easy to do. And, uh, you know, some of the major things we saw was that this install process was much more polished. So like when the BlackBerry booted up for the first time, there was a, you know, a little neat little video, a little video. Some demonstration videos. So this really is, uh, a final release or a very close to the final release. And this would be a Verizon um, based ROM because it has VZ Navigator and Visual Voicemail and a few other non-Sprint things that that are part of the ROM that that don't really get installed or used on your Sprint phone, but they're there. So this that definitely gives the indication that this this is for Verizon, um, but it, it it is fine with Sprint. Yeah, yeah. There, there's there's no issues with that. I did have I'll just say a runaway process that happened at some somehow on my device that happened this week, um, and and this could be related to OS X, it could be really related to this version or who knows what. Uh, but on on Friday evening, I had a, a period of time for about an hour where my device was completely unresponsive, even battery pulls. Uh, once the phone would come back up, it was just just totally unresponsive, laggy. I'd, I'd roll the scroll scroll uh, trackball pad on it, and and it would respond like you know twenty thirty seconds later. Um, and, and what ended up happening is some sort of uh, like what do they call them uncaught exceptions or something like that and it was some sort of Java issue I believe and once it resolved itself and essentially aired out then I did another reset and it, it ended up coming back again though y- you have to realize that that you're using a version of a ROM that's not sanctioned by the carrier and so you could run into problems with it so just something to keep in mind but it's out there version uh, .280 for the bolds is uh, ready for download I'll put a link in the show notes over to Crackberry yeah, and this uh, it 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 this this OS six ROM is drastically better overall than anything with OS five had ever been. So I'm much Agreed. much much more happy with this device now than I ever had been uh, from when I first got it. It's this is the way it should have been out of the gate because it's 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 now a whole new phone. It's it it's just not what it used to be. Totally agree. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, it, it works very very well. And for those of you that aren't BlackBerry users or are former BlackBerry users. Uh, it's gotten a lot better. I'll just say that if you're thinking, oh, it's just a BlackBerry. Nah, it's coming along. It's still the same BlackBerry, but much more polished and, and, and a lot more fun. So let's move on here. So this week was the fall CTIA 2010 Enterprise and Applications Trade Show in San Francisco. I was there to cover the action. Uh, first off, thanks to Sprint for providing me with the Evo 4G that I reviewed a couple of weeks back. I kept it through the week so that I could use it at the conference. It helped me to do tweeting while on the go, surf the web. 
of course, and also tethering. They had 4G coverage there. Uh, I was able to use it at the keynote, and my coverage, my my 4G coverage, I did a speed test, was at about 12 megabits per second, so at the very, very high end of, of what you expect with that, which was really, really nice, I'll be honest. <laughs> And uh, over the course of the event, uh, there were 40 news items that were posted to the site. Lots of hands-on coverage. Uh, We also posted a podcast, um, Dieter Bone from Smartphone Experts. We've had him on the show in the past. Um, He and I went through everything from the first day of the convention, from Verizon announcing their LTE timeline to the iPhone going to uh, a CDMA carrier, i.e. Verizon, and then also all the Android devices that were released. So you may have heard that. If not, go and check for the special edition of the fall CTIA 2010 podcast that is in the feed. It'll be the one previous to this show, of course. Now, I did say that I posted a, a number of stories here, 40 overall, uh, throughout the couple of days there. And uh, so if you if you were interested, um, I did have one regarding the day one keynote uh, with everything that uh, went, w- went through um, actually, it was interesting because it started off with Ralph De La Vega, uh, which was, I thought, a little bit different uh, than having it start off with the president, uh, Steve Largent, taking the stage. But uh, either way, he talked, Largent talked, and then there were uh, a couple others, including uh, probably the most interesting CEO Lowell McAdam from Verizon got up there and talked about everything that they've done uh, with the network. They said, you know, we've looked back three years, and uh, when we start thinking about what we wanted to do with LTE, our decision to be first was the right move. He then went on to uh, give a sneak peek of what was going to be upcoming at a press conference that was just an hour later and uh, showed uh, all the different markets that were going to be launched. We're going to talk about those a little bit later in the show. And uh, overall, so you can read more about uh, what happened at that keynote on the first day. Uh, on the night of the first day, I went to an event called Mobile Focus. It gets put on by Pepcom every year, and I talked to 14 different vendors there, and uh, there's a lot of pictures and information about all the, the new products that they have uh, released. Then on a Thursday morning, I got some hands-on time with three new Android devices that Sprint released, the Samsung Transform, the Sanyo Zio, or Zio, and then the LG Optimus S. All three are sub $150 Android devices and so some some hands-on pictures with those so you can check those out. Also my first experience with the Samsung Galaxy Tab, I'll just put it this way. The Galaxy Tab to me is reminiscent of uh when I compare it to the iPad, I would say the iPad is kind of like the Dynatac. It's like the revolution in in you know in cell phones, the revolution in tablets. And the Galaxy Tab is kind of like the StarTac, a massive leap forward. It's running Froyo. It's a seven-inch, uh, you know, configuration. It le- weighs less than a pound. It's got great specifications. It feels much more polished, much more solid, yet lighter than the iPad. So I was just totally blown away by it, and I, I was not expecting that at all. So I, I got uh, some video and photos of the Galaxy Tab. Uh, then I had some hands-on time with the Motorola Droid Pro. We're going to talk about this one later in the show too. But this could be, if I were to choose another Android device soon, my choice, especially if I was going to pick one on Verizon. And then I did a conference recap. This was uh, a wrap-up of all the links for everything that I posted from the show, as well as a video going through everything that uh, I had seen through the couple of days. So a very busy show. I was in town for only 36 hours. If you're an Unlocked subscriber, I posted kind of a behind-the-microphone view of of my experience with it. Uh, That was posted yesterday, so hopefully you've had a chance to listen to that. Uh, So that was kind of a 
neat thing uh, for me to do just to kind of give an inside look at, at how this actually is for us that go to these conferences. And then, of course, all the coverage over at the site. So if you haven't been there recently, make sure you're visiting thecellphonejunkie.com recently uh, or every day because we have a lot of coverage on everything that's going on in the industry. Let's jump into the news. First off this week, Nielsen releasing, releasing statistics showing that Android is leading the way in smartphone operating system growth. The seven-month period ending in August of 2010 shows 32% of smartphone buyers are picking Android, while 25% are choosing the iPhone, and 26% are still choosing BlackBerry. So don't count BlackBerry out yet. Uh, Further, the BlackBerry is still on top, 31% of the market. However, that iPhone is creeping up. They're now at 28%, and Android's at 19%. The trend, though, does show unmatched growth by Android, which has more than doubled its market share since the beginning of the year. While the rate uh, is expected to, of course, level off, there's a good chance Android will meet the 30% level in the next year, creating a nearly equal share of the market for each of the Android, BlackBerry, and iOS operating systems, which will leave you know about another 10% for the rest of them. So I I find uh, that this is this is definitely the trend. You've got all these Android devices that are coming out um, that that are just totally you know, capturing people's attention, especially if they're uh, looking for something to to upgrade to. And, and so no real surprise here, but to see these numbers and, and how fast that they've grown was very interesting. HTC on Wednesday reported nearly double profits for the third quarter in 2010. In the quarter ending in September, net profits hit $360 million with overall revenue reaching $2.45 billion. The Taiwanese company's stock rose 3% as the results were announced at the end of trading on the Taipei stock market. Well, the Boy Genius got their hands on information relating to the early upgrade costs of smartphones for the AT&T network. The bottom line is that upgrades before your contract is up will now cost you $125 more than it would have prior to October 3rd. This is because of the, quote, increasingly more sophisticated nature of handsets. Quick messaging devices are not subjected to that price increase. On Wednesday, Verizon, like we mentioned, uh, announced its plans to launch LTE in 38 markets across the United States by the end of the year. In addition, it will also cover 62 of the country's busiest airports. Verizon says that 110 million po- uh, people will have access to the LTE network by December 31st. That is one third of the country. Further announcements included that more than 70% of the pops in each market will be covered by the end of the year. So in each of those 38 markets, 70% of the people in each of those will be covered. By 2012, two-thirds of the country, that's 200 million people, will be covered, and that will be up to 285 million by 2013. Essentially, by 2013, the existing 3G network will all be covered by LTE. So we've got just a a short, essentially, what, two, two and a half years before we get to that point. Highlighted areas of coverage include large sections of the Northeast Corridor, including Boston, New York, Philly, Baltimore, and D.C. Also, you've got coverage throughout Miami and South Florida, as well as Atlanta, Dallas, uh, Houston, New Orleans, as well as Charlotte and Nashville. In the Midwest, Chicago, St. Louis, the Twin Cities, and then in on the West Coast, you've got Seattle, Phoenix, Denver, Vegas, and of course, the major population centers of San Francisco, San Diego, and Los Angeles in California. 
Also, roll coverage was highlighted. It's going to be a big part of their rollout strategy. They currently have five agreements in place for roll coverage, where they'll be sharing the 700 megahertz network with rural providers to allow for roaming in those areas. Also, laptop dongles will be the first devices to come out. No shocker there. However, he said, we're going to have smartphones and tablets, and those will be shown off and at CES in early 2011, which is totally blows me away for that timeline. I, I really expected it to be a lot longer before we saw smartphones. I thought I thought so too, Mickey, and that's uh, you know that particular you know piece of information just really did stun me because I thought it was going to be a lot longer, uh, and the the promises of being you know total coverage in these areas they they uh, it is kind of interesting because uh, take example like Clearwire here they just uh, released in the Twin Cities, but it's spotty as heck. I mean, mm-hmm. most of the places I spend most of my time. Uh, either don't have service or it's right on a fringe of a uh, service. So um, it, it's it's not real good. I mean, uh, honestly, I'd, I think yeah. it'd be better for them to do a, a complete coverage, complete blanket and miss some of the outer suburbs than kind of just, you know, putting towers willy nilly in, in random places. But Verizon is known for their coverage, right? I mean, absolutely. That's that's what they hang their hat on. And so they can't afford to do anything but a near complete rollout in the places that they're going. So I, I absolutely agree with their approach. Not to mention they're on the 700 megahertz spectrum versus the, the two and a half you know, gigahertz spectrum that's out there. And that, that's going to be a big deal as well for rollout. A very big deal. And I'm sure that's helping with that as well. Of, of course it is. So uh, it, it's amazing. The, the, this really is going to be um, uh, such a you know, revolutionary launch here because it is coming so fast. Um, I mean, in, in my gut feel, Mickey, you know, not to speculate, but there's a, there's another reason for this uh, kind of launch too. <laughs> we'll get to that in just a minute. Cause we, we've got, uh, we've got some rumor mongering that we need to definitely do. Uh, also here with the launch LTE will migrate the current pricing structure over to a tiered approach. That was kind of an interesting statement, but not real shocking again, but we should see tiers with LTE. Also the experience on the LTE network on the 700 megahertz spectrum shall provide a similar or better experience in buildings than the current 3G network. That's great to hear, of course. Coverage at the cell edge will excel on LTE. Even with almost no coverage, speeds are still reasonable. They said zero to one bars on a network with a full load. Uh, They were still seeing two megabit per second speed. So that's great. When questioned about Apple, McAdams said, I expect our business interest to align with Apple in the future. That's totally different than the the direction that he's gone in the past in just saying, yeah, we'd like to work with them. But he said, I expect our business interest to align. And then also simultaneous voice and data connections uh, will be capable and will be done initially with the voice happening over 3G and the data happening over LTE. Uh, They are going to be continuing on with their 3G network for many, many years into the future. And so all of the voice will, as far as we know, for at least the short term, be pushed over that 3G network. They're not going to be migrating that over to 4G just yet. They're going to keep it with that existing network. Data, though, will stay on the 4G side. So I thought that was probably the biggest news to come out of the conference. I was pretty excited about it. They uh, they, they presented it very well in a way that I'm very excited about. I hope everyone else is as well. Um, you know, LTE, still a little ways off. I mean, we still, it's, you know, three months before it's it's really going for the, flip, the switch to be flipped. But uh, ultimately... It's going to be a great thing. Very, very fast speeds. 
And if anyone can do it, Verizon can. So that's great. Uh, also, Verizon said this week that they were be they're working on a way for those devices that didn't have LTE to be able to handle voice and data simultaneously over EVDO Rev A. Uh, an executive with the company, Brian Higgins, didn't say when the limitation would be overcome uh, or if there was any correlation with the timing of the LTE network, but uh, he said that it was going to be happening. They're working on it, and they'll figure that out. And I, I'm trying to remember what that's called. It's it's, um, it's like voice over Rev A or something yes. like that. Yep, that's exactly what it's called. That's something we uh, first saw, Mickey, about a year, I think about a year ago, maybe six months ago, we, we, we started seeing this uh, voice over Rev A. Um, I don't know if that's ever going to hit exactly. You know, I think what you'd mentioned just previously about the LTE handling data and the CDMA side handling voice is what we'll really see. Um, I think that, you know, with the with the LTE coverage that they're launching with and, uh, you know, basically in every major market and the the, the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of people have Wi-Fi that the the people who are exclusively on EVDO, the, it's, the numbers are going to be so small um, in comparison to the rest of the people that are going to have data and voice without having to have voice over Rev-A. I think it's kind of almost a moot point. Um, it, what do you think about that one, Mickey? Because I, I, I kind of think that's how it's going to end up. But here's what I think. I don't think we're going to see the low-end devices get LTE for probably a year. I think all we're going to see are smartphones, dongles, and tablets. That's that's it. That's that's all it's going to be that can run on LTE. And so even through the next year, even maybe more, we're going to have devices only running on the 3G network. You know, AT&T still up until... Actually, they probably today still sell edge devices only that don't run on their 3G network. Keep that in mind in, in how Verizon's going to roll out an LTE network. And I I don't know that it's a big deal for feature phone devices or just regular you know, flip phones because people aren't necessarily going to care about being able to do simultaneous voice and data. But you have a very good point that, um, that smartphones specifically are going to be migrating over to, to that, that, uh, you know, that LTE standard for, for the data, and so then they'll be able to take advantage of it. So um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. They mentioned that it would happen, so I, I've, I have a feeling it might. Yeah, it, it definitely might. But of course, to me, then my next thought, you know, my thought is like, well, why go Rev A when we know the latency is very high? Is that going to be capable? Because they tried doing Q chat. It just never worked. Uh, you know, the push to talk over Rev A because it just wasn't fast enough. So my thought is, how are they going to make a voice call work if, if in fact, they can't get push to talk to work? Um, and of course, we know LTE's latency is way reduced. So that's a, that's a much better candidate for going for voice. So, um, to do, you know, voice over data. So I, it, it seems kind of strange and maybe sort of a stopgap solution. 30 millisecond latency is what they're talking about for LTE. That's better in many cases than my home cable connection. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be great for gaming. It's going to be great for video and audio uh, applications, especially, I mean, heck voice over IP, uh, just, you know, with an application like Skype on your smartphone, it's going to be perfect. If you're in a yeah. good service area, I mean that's that's wonderful. I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. So, um, anyway, bottom line, yeah, it's it's one of those comments, off the cuff comments uh, by Mr. Higgins. Uh, he didn't give any specifics on it other than to say that the company is working on a way to handle both voice and data at the same time. Moving on to Sprint, on Wednesday they announced a new way for consumers to customize their mobile experience through Sprint ID. With ID packs from Sprint, a customer can instantly customize the mobile experience with apps, widgets, ringtones, and wallpapers. Sprint has teamed up with brands such as Amazon, Comcast, Disney, EA, 
eBay, ESPN, HSN, Latcell, MTV, Radio Shack, and Yahoo. Customers can customize their device with up to five ID packs. And once an ID is loaded, you can customize it with the with additional content. And packs can be switched out without the customer losing any of the applications or data. Users can search for, download, and install the ID packs directly from Android smartphones. So uh, we actually got some hands-on time with this one as well. And uh, it's, it's a cool idea. I, I wasn't real sure when I first heard about it because I thought, okay, so it's just a way for, you know, for them to throw all these applications on your device. Um, but I, I've been testing out the Samsung Transform and there's a, I, I'm a big golfer. And so I went in and I downloaded this, like the golf enthusiast pack and it downloads not only a wallpaper that's of a golf course, which is actually pretty cool in and of itself. It changes the clock to a golf ball with a manual, the manual hands on it. It adds in uh, a widget for the weather channel. Cause you always want to know what the weather is going to be like when you're going out golfing. It adds uh, greens, like uh, it's like a greenskeeper GPS tracking type of functionality. So you can actually use the GPS on your phone while you're golfing uh, a scorekeeper plus some mini golf games and some other, you know, fun things that you can do related to golf on your device. So it adds in all this stuff just by clicking one button, adding this ID pack in. And so what they've done, like I said, is they've, they've teamed up with these huge, huge brands and I, they're going to be able to essentially come up with an unlimited number of, of ID packs that can go into their pack market, I guess we'll call it. And you can download whatever it is. You can also customize it for, uh, they used uh, some towing company as an example that uh, wanted to deploy different applications and stuff to the devices uh, for their employees. And it was, it was a real easy way to do so. And I was I initially was a little wary of it, but then I think it's a pretty neat idea. In fact, I've got a video that you can watch that's posted up on the site as well if you want to see what it's all about. So basically, it's like a theme for your phone, but yes. it's a theme on steroids because you've got everything is customized with this theme, you know, this quote unquote thing. It's just not a visual application. It is more applications with applications and, uh, you know, customizations based on based on the theme. So like what you had said, you know, the golf includes a weather widget right on the screen. So, you know what your conditions are and your wind speeds and all that stuff. So it's it, it it's just it, it's, you know, like a 3D version of a theme uh, with the applications and stuff. So it's kind of a it, it's a neat, uh, um, you know, offshoot of a theme. Three devices right now, the Sanyo Zio, the Samsung Transform, and the LG Optimus S, the three devices that they launched at the event are the three that can take advantage of it. All three of those devices are under $150. We'll uh, get to each of those in just a second. It's a very neat concept. You know, it's it's actually something, you know, obviously relatively simple, which is what I like uh, mm -hmm. about this. And it's something that they can probably make some money on. And it's also something that makes a lot of sense for a consumer, too, to, to increase your happiness. And of course you know, this is all made possible by Android because it is completely customizable. Um, and, you know, the carriers have control over what they do with it. So uh, we're just going to be probably seeing more and more innovative things like this coming in the future. Another example, this company Latcell has, has teamed up to create a pack that will, uh, first off, switch the language of your device over to Spanish, plus then add in a number of applications and, and services that they think are going to be useful for, for you if you're someone who speaks Spanish. Um, they, they showed these, these promotional videos where they had someone, of course, say, you know, when I want to switch from English to Spanish on my device, I have to go into settings, and then I have to go into languages. 
and then I have to, blah, 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 you know, and it's like, in a, you know, and 10 minutes later, I'm finally switched over to Spanish and I just don't do it because it's so difficult. It's pretty easy. Sprint ID icon right on the front of your screen, you know, click the button, boom, and it's, it's switched over. So a unique service called Sprint ID. Clearwire has been criticized in the past for its lack of disclosure regarding the throttling of 4G speeds in a very inconsistent way. So the company this week explained that several algorithms are used to process a customer's data, and there's no one specific criteria that causes a customer's data to slow down. The system for managing data load is based on a couple of things. First off, the current usage of the tower. Uh, If the tower is in a low-use area, then there may never be limitations on the speed. However, it's in a high-use area during peak time periods, throttling may occur. And secondly, a customer's maximum speed is based on the number of gigabytes transferred in the past seven days on the network. Speeds are calculated every 15 minutes, and calculations placed on uh, place a customer in one of, d- of 48 different speed brackets. So only customers that are placed in very low speed brackets for hours at a time are those that are using an extreme amount of data. So they mention specifically people that are using uh, their network for the distribution of torrents. Customers um, have complained that speeds have dropped as low as 250 kilobits per second, uh, though Clearwire is saying that uh, they're evaluating their policies and they want to ensure that every use of the network is sufficient for the majority of cases. So they want to make sure things like streaming video are still functioning properly, uh, but they don't want to, they want to make sure that it's, you know, not just wide open. And so people that are using it for things that they may not, they shouldn't be doing (laughs) that they're doing that. But a very interesting uh, thing that they came out and actually said, yeah, we've got 48 different speed brackets uh, that we're going to, you know, restrict a customer to. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, you're paying for an unlimited service, but you've got terms and conditions that, rec- you know, say you can and can't do different things. And if you're using way too much data, then they say, nah, we're going to ratchet you down a little bit. And I think anything with a wireless sort of device uh, connection here, we're going to see things like this up and coming, you know, right now with EVDO, yeah, there's really not really any throttling that's happening. But what happens is when everybody is accessing a tower, you just slow to a crawl, as everybody knows that who've had an iPhone in the past couple of years, that in certain areas, it just doesn't work. And, you know, traffic shaping such as this is required to keep everybody moving. And when Clearwire has their service that's kind of designed to be a at-home, you know, cable DSL replacement, then this becomes even more important because you want to keep everybody moving instead of, you know, slowing way down. And unfortunately, you know, some people are going to get hit by this, but um, this is kind of the way it's going to be from now on. And I, I think I'm okay with it. I, you know, if I'm using my the services for things like streaming video and the video is, is functioning properly, then I'm okay. Um, if I, you know, I'm using it for things like web browsing, uh, I, I'm guessing my, the amount of data that I'm using is not going to be a problem for them. And it sounds like they're only really ratcheting people that are probably downloading gigabytes upon gigabytes of data. And uh, then they're you know, going in and saying, okay, guys, you know, <laughs> you know you're, you're doing something that's constantly maxing out our network and we've got we've to throttle you down a little bit so other people can use it as well. So I think, I think I'm okay with that, though the actual implementation will be interesting to see. But uh, nonetheless, they came out with this explanation. T-Mobile on Monday announcing a number of new markets that would be receiving the HSPA Plus update. The markets include Biloxi and Gulfport, Mississippi, Denver, Colorado, Huntsville, Alabama, Knoxville, Tennessee, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Norfolk, Virginia, Omaha, Nebraska, Phoenix and Tucson, Arizona, Salt Lake City, Utah, San Francisco, San Jose, Oakland, Sacramento, California, and West Palm Beach, Florida. T-Mobile plans to reach 100 markets and 200 million people by the end of the year. 
The Boy Genius got their hands on some information Wednesday touting new prepaid plans that T-Mobile could be getting. According to their source, the new plans look like this. The first will be $70 for unlimited talk, text, and 2 gigs of data. $50 will get you unlimited talk and text plus 100 megs of data. And $30 will get you 1,500 uh, talk and text uh, minutes and messages as well as 30 megs of data for use of any combination or messages up to 1,500. So I'm sorry, 1,500 talk and text includes both of those combined together. So that's not a bad deal for those that are looking for a prepaid service plus get a little bit of data thrown in there. T-Mobile, though, has not confirmed nor denied that leak. Rogers Communications in Canada announced on Wednesday the launch of technical trials for an LTE network in conjunction with Ericsson in Canada. Rogers is preparing to offer the first LTE 4G network in the Great White North and is working with the Canadian government to license the 700 megahertz spectrum to do so. No word on whether the net, when the network would go live. Looking for a way to support the cell phone junkie? You can join us on TCPJ Unlocked. It's our bi-monthly premium podcast, only $5 a month or $45 a year. We hear in-depth conversations about the latest in cellular issues, interviews with industry experts, and much more. Sign up is easy. Just visit thecellphonejunkie.com. Click the link for TCPJ Unlocked. And of course, a big thank you to everyone who subscribes to the Unlocked show. Well, the Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked show number uh, 63 was released on Saturday. And a few times each year, we head out to various conventions like the CTIA or CES, and we talk one-on-one with the product vendors and, and, and see what the exhibitors have to offer. But one of the things that gets lost in the podcasts that are produced is the work that goes, uh, goes on behind the microphone to make the shows happen. So that's what the show was about this weekend. It's an inside look into the 36-hour whirlwind that was the CTIA Fall 2010 trade show in San Francisco. And it's everything from my thoughts as I drove to the airport at 5 a.m. to when I actually went to bed at 1 a.m. that following morning. And uh, it was just kind of everything that you would you know, want to know about what was happening uh, as it was going on behind the scenes at the show. So kind of an interesting, uh, kind of an interesting show. And hopefully uh, those of you that are Unlocked subscribers will enjoy it. Three and a half months after the launch of the iPhone 4, shipments of the device are still taking days to receive, though the demand seems to be lessening and the Apple website is now listing shipments of the latest Apple phone at five to seven business days here in the U.S. Other countries should still expect upwards of three weeks for their order to arrive. The Wall Street Journal Wednesday posted a story about the iPhone coming to Verizon in early 2011. This is hardly the first time we've heard this type of story, but now we're hearing it from yet another mainstream media outlet. The story says that Apple will be making devices this year with sales going uh, starting early 2011. The new iPhone would have CDMA, and the Wall Street Journal says it's definitely for Verizon. Later in the week, the New York Times reported that a version of the iPhone 4 would be coming out early next year for Verizon. Their anonymous source in direct contact with Apple told them that the phone will be ready for the Verizon network in early 2011 as well. Further speculations about this deal leads uh, us to tie in the LTE rollout of Verizon in the next few months, as well as Verizon mentioning at its LTE press conference that they would have half a dozen smartphones available at the show, uh, at the Consumer Electronics Show in January of 2011. Others, though, are saying that a CDMA, HSPA, and LTE device could be possible as well, pointing to chipsets available from Qualcomm. So let's talk about that a little bit. I absolutely, if you know, if I haven't made it clear enough in the last 12 months that I think this is happening, January is now my speculation point. I don't know if it's going to be a launch at CES because this is something that Apple does. In fact, uh, Lowell McAdam from Verizon said, if there was a device that was coming to our network, Apple would be the ones that were launching it. So 
I have to imagine that they're going to be doing something, though I'm not sure that it's going to be at CES. That's just not Apple style. No, it's really not, Mickey. However, you know, Verizon is a big player here and they do have a lot of clout. So, you know, it very well could be something a little different than Apple's normal style. Um, obviously, this uh, January or early in the year release, if that is the, in fact going to be the case, is not really Apple style either. You know, they like to do consistent product launches. And of course, that would stick us in the middle of summer. Um, so that right there is already a red flag, but it, it's really tough. You know, we just don't have any solid information on here, but Mickey, I'm so convinced it's going to be an LTE based device after seeing that Verizon, um, you know, the, the saying they were going to release six smartphones. Um, and we know basically it, it's, it's, it's assured we were getting Qualcomm, uh, built something to, uh, something or another with with Apple because this, these stories have been now constant now for like two or three months. Um, so it's definitely coming. You know, it's obviously we don't know the exact form factor. We don't know if it's going to have, you know, GSM and LTE and CDMA built in, which it's very possible um, where then that takes care of the Apple issue where they have, you know, multiple handsets to build. So it's, it's going to be a really interesting a development here this upcoming year with Verizon or CDMA support with with in fact the LTE which is going to really change uh you know how your experience is because it's basically going to be like being on your home Wi-Fi connection all the time I'm going to come out and say something very very bold the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal have put their weight behind this they're they are not ones to report on things unless there is you know, the, the expectation, we'll just say, beyond a reasonable doubt of something that is, is going to happen. So there's no assurance that this device is going to come out. But as sure as we know that Apple will be producing another iPhone in the future, I will say that the device will be coming to Verizon in the form of an iPhone 4 sometime in the first three months of 2011. And, you know, do not let these fear stories here, you know, I saw one posted the, today about, you know, the iPhone 4 is going to be crippled on Verizon or the iPhone will be crippled on Verizon because you can't do simultaneous voice and data. And as we mentioned earlier, Mickey, it's going to be running on LTE. It's going to have, you know, simultaneous voice and data because your voice is going to be going over CDMA and your data is going to be coming over LTE or your home Wi-Fi connection. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, possibly if you're in an EVDO only area, you may be a little limited to just voice or data at the same time. But I think the vast majority of people, this is it's just not issue. We've we've talked about it a lot. I'm, I'm telling you guys, if you have any doubts, wipe them out of your minds. If you're waiting for a Verizon iPhone, you got probably about four or five months before it's going to happen. We'll just so say basically, that. Yeah, so basically don't sign a new contract if, in fact, you are looking for this. I'm going to go as far as to say if you're on Verizon and you're waiting to upgrade a device, I didn't realize up until, of course, the announcement that they're going to be having smartphones early next year on this network. I would... I would not recommend buying a new smartphone on Verizon right now or any if you have any intention of going to LTE and, and you're in one of these markets that's going to have their network. I, I just would not do it unless you just don't care. But I, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting for a device here. In fact, I'm not sure that I'm going to. Uh, I was, I've got a, an upgrade credit on AT&T that I was going to use to buy another phone, but I, I don't think I'm going to do that now. So No, um, I don't think you. Actually, I don't think you should because I know you are kind of a fan of the iPhone. Yeah. And this would be the network you'd really want them on. And, and given the fact that it's going to be an LTE, it's probably going to be a little bit more expensive per month too, which is a, a, okay. a, an unfortunate side effect. Yeah. But 
I think you're going to probably get a lot more for your money. And that's what I think a lot of people are thinking. You know, we're we may be feeling this rumor, but I, I'm I'm it's switching from a rumor over to more of of there's there's a very very good probability that this is going to happen. I mean, it's I would say it's probably eighty plus percent right now. Yeah, um, and it's just uh, you know I just think of all the times where you know you've talked about and we've been on our travels and your iPhone has edge service <laughs> or no yeah. service, and then at the same time you look at your you know verizon phone and there's full evdo just no matter where you're mm-hmm. at in the sticks and you know i see the same thing with my sprint phone i'll be roaming but i'll have full signal either evdo or you know one xrtt but i know full well that it would be full evdo so um it, it's it's a drastic difference if you're speaking on a nationwide coverage area i'll just say this the AT&T coverage was not as bad as I expected it to be in San Francisco. For all the horror stories that you hear, it was not as bad. However, two kind of comical things that I just kind of like said, oh, AT&T. I, I couldn't make calls on my AT&T phone from the hotel room that I was staying in. The calls I could hear just fine, but the other end couldn't hear. This was over multiple calls. It wasn't just one call. Um, and secondly, I went on the cab that I took to the airport on my way home, I shared it with somebody who uh, was totally an Apple fan, and <laughs> she she was on a conference call in rush hour traffic and was was talking on her phone, and like right as she was getting to, to step in to make a comment on the call, of course, the call got dropped. So I just, again, it was not as bad as, the, as I thought it was going to be. I mean, the data speeds seemed to actually be fairly reasonable, and there, I was able to make calls at the convention center just fine. They totally had their network ramped up for it, so that was good. But uh, overall, it, uh, you know, it was better than I expected, but still, still some problems. So anyway, uh, and then finally on the Apple side, uh, iPhone 4 bumpers back in stock at Apple almost as quickly as they disappeared. All six colors are back for 30 bucks. Shipping times are 24 hours, so if you didn't get your bumper, or if you want to get another color, 30 bucks, you can pick one of the six. Speaking in Barcelona, HP announced that it would be introducing new WebOS smartphones in early 2011. Uh, told, uh, Senior Vice President Eric Cador told the industry conference, you will see us coming early next year with new phones. No additional details, though, were mentioned, but glad to see that at least the WebOS will live on past the Pixie and the Pre. With lots of rumors this week about uh, what was going to happen and when we're going to see the launch of Windows Phone 7 devices, the Microsoft site has put most of them to bed. Uh, There are now ads on Microsoft.com promoting November 8th as the launch date here in the U.S. Further, the Samsung Focus is also shown off. The first Windows Phone 7 device from the Korean manufacturer looks to be headed to AT&T. Also, a document from 3UK points to the 21st of October for the Windows Phone 7 release in Europe. Uh, We'll know more following the press events uh, tomorrow, Monday the 11th. According to the Wall Street Journal, T-Mobile in the U.S. is set to launch details of a Windows Phone 7-based device on October 11th. That's again tomorrow. Microsoft has uh, the launch event scheduled uh, in New York City. Both AT&T and T-Mobile are scheduled to be a part of it. AT&T is expected to launch devices from HTC, LG, and of course, like we just mentioned, Samsung. Uh, and then also T-Mobile will launch an HTC device. So we'll see all of those devices here and talk about them on the next show. Boost Mobile announcing Tuesday the BlackBerry Curve 8530 is available as part of its offerings. The 8530 is in retail stores and online beginning on the 14th of October. $249 without a contract for the BlackBerry device. 
T-Mobile on Monday announcing a refresh of the MyTouch. It adds in HSPA+, a 1 gigahertz Snapdragon processor, 5 megapixel camera, and a 3.8-inch 800 by 480 high-resolution screen. The update also adds a secondary front-facing camera, allowing for video chatting over Wi-Fi and 3G, plus an 8-gig microSD card and Android 2.2. The new device will be available in four colors, white, black, red, and plum before the holiday season. I actually got my hands on this one this weekend, uh, this week as well. Uh, it's a nice-looking device if you're a MyTouch fan and you're on T-Mobile uh, and you want to stick with Android. This one's almost a no-brainer. Very, very good device. Virgin Mobile announcing Monday it would be offering the Samsung Intercept for $250 exclusively at Target stores starting in a few weeks. The device will run Android 2.1. It's got a 3.2-inch capacitive touchscreen, sliding QWERTY keyboard, 3.2-megapixel camera, 800-megahertz processor, and it can operate on prepaid plans between $25 and $60 per month. AT&T Tuesday announced three new Motorola handsets to its Android offering, the Motorola Bravo, Flipside and Flipout, all running on Android 2.1 with Moto Blur. The Bravo has a 3.7-inch touch display with a 480 by 854 resolution, an 800-megahertz processor, and DLNA for streaming video over Wi-Fi to an HDTV. It'll be available before the holidays for $130 with a two-year contract. The flip side, a 3.1-inch HVGA display, full slide-out QWERTY keyboard, GPS, and a trackpad for $130 for the holidays. And finally, the flip-out, a square rotating screen device with a single corner pivot point. When open, the full keyboard is revealed to a touchscreen and a dedicated fifth row for numbers. The flip side will be available for the holidays for $100 with a contract. Now, all three of these devices are all in the $130 or below category, and you're going to see a trend here as we keep going through these devices. Uh, Lots and lots of sub $150 Android devices. Uh, Samsung hits the 5 million sales point with the Galaxy S line. In their press release this week, they announced that the Galaxy S and Galaxy Tab uh, had sold in excess of 5 million units. The Galaxy S was launched in the U.S. on all four major carriers in June and has passed the 2 million sales point for that particular device. Verizon announcing two more Android handsets, the Motorola uh, Droid Pro and the Motorola Citrus. The Droid Pro features a candy bar style form factor with the Android 2.2 OS. Additional specs include CDMA on the 800 and 1900 megahertz EVDO Reve bands, also GSM on 850, 900, 1800, and 1900, plus WCDMA on 850, 1900, and 2100 megahertz. That gives you HSDPA 10.2 megabit per second speeds and HSUPA at 5.76 megabit per second. Comes included with it a two gig internal, two gigs of internal memory, a two gig micro SD card, five megapixel camera with dual LED flash, three. 3G mobile hotspot capabilities, 1,420 milliamp hour battery with an extended battery available for it with uh, 1,860 milliamp hours uh, uh, capacity, 134 grams, 320 by 480 HVGA resolution, which will kind of cause some problems for developers. But uh, if you're comfortable with all these other specifications, it uh, it will uh, be a very very positive device i think and this was one that uh, we'll, we'll talk about here but the citrus running uh, android 2.1 it's a slam slab form factor entry-level features will be available uh, in the coming weeks for both devices no prices though have been yet released this droid pro i i got some hands-on time with it and wow the one gigahertz processor on this thing it's got the global capabilities of it a full qwerty keyboard 
the the screen resolution is, is a little bit low. That will cause some problems. But to be honest with you, I almost don't even care because it is is a nice looking device for someone that really likes front facing QWERTY keyboards. I, I'm 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 was floored with it, and I've I got a lot of coverage of it this week because I think it's so good. Well, it's kind of nice to see a unique device as well. You know, every single, um, you know, BlackBerry or, you know, not a BlackBerry, but Android phones are just, you know, they're just the slab. No keyboard. And if they do have a keyboard, they're the, you know, landscape slider. So, um, you know, with this form factor, it's nice to see something unique. And I think that they've done a really good job with it, just putting together a solid device. I mean, it doesn't feel like, like it's cheap or anything. And I guess I don't expect that from Motorola, but I mean, they... The, the ones that when you finally see this device, especially if you like a front facing QWERTY is awesome. They did. They did such a nice job with it. I, I just I can't I can't reiterate that enough. It's just great. Well, and of course, you know, it is a BlackBerry form factor. I mean, that is kind of the, the quintessential definition of the, the front facing QWERTY keyboard. So yeah. it's uh, it, it's kind of neat to have that that choice. Yeah. And I I, I like it. I'll just say that I'm, I'm really excited about it. Again, no release date, no prices on it yet, but uh, we'll be coming to Verizon. Cricket Wednesday announcing the Huawei Ascend would be coming to its network. The Ascend running Android 2.1, 3.5-inch HVGA screen, 3G Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, 3.2-megapixel camera with micro SD, $150, and no contract on that guy. Identical to the Samsung Fascinate on Verizon, uh, U.S. Cellular announced on Wednesday the Samsung Mesmerize. The phone will be available on the 27th of October for $200 on contract. And then those three devices we talked about on Sprint, uh, the Transform from Samsung, the Sanyo Zio, and the LG Optimus S for $150 or less. Uh, specifications for the Transform include a QWERTY slider, uh, Android 2.1, 3.5-inch screen, 800 megahertz processor, two cameras, 3.2 megapixel on the back, VGA on the front, available today for $150 on Sprint. The uh, Zio, a full touchscreen phone with a 3.5-inch display, trackball, 600 megahertz processor, Android 2.1, 3.2-megapixel camera, available today, 100 bucks on contract. And finally, that LG Optimus S, probably the most value-packed Android phone out there. It's got Froyo, Android 2.2 on this thing, 600 megahertz processor, 3.2-inch display. You can get it in black or purple, and it will be available later this month. 50 bucks for that one. So that's uh, an absolute pleasure uh, for those that are looking to get in on it. Um, I mentioned the Sprint ID service at the beginning of the show. I, I did a, a brief overview of the Samsung Transform and the Sprint ID service. Uh, put together about an 11-minute video on that. If you're interested in seeing what the Sprint ID is all about, look for Samsung Transform and Sprint ID overview in the show notes or just search for Sprint ID in uh, on the site and you'll be able to watch what that service is all about. T-Mobile Wednesday announcing the first smartphone, uh, the Optimus T. Uh, the device will run Android 2.2, featuring a Wi-Fi personal hotspot, 3.2-inch screen, swipe software, and a 3-megapixel camera. No pricing on it yet, though if it's anything like the Optimus S on Sprint, it'll be probably in the sub-$100 range. Just waiting for the Optimus Prime. wonder when that one's going to come out. The Droid 2 Global showed up on Thursday on Motorola ahead of the official announcement. The device is a 1.2 gigahertz processor and has access to both the 3G CDMA network here in the U.S. as well as, of course, uh, HSDPA and HSUPA networks uh, worldwide. The Droid 2 Global has a slide-out QWERTY keyboard, 5-megapixel camera with dual LED flash, Android 2.2, Adobe Flash Player 10.1, and an 802.11 BGN Wi-Fi capabilities, of course, with GPS and Bluetooth as well. 
No pricing, no availability. None of that has been released yet, though. We're really thinking this one is going to be on Verizon here within the next month or so. And if thin is what you're after, Pantech on Wednesday announced the Laser. It's a sliding messaging phone. It's a 9.5 millimeter thick device with a 3.1 inch AMOLED display that slides to reveal a QWERTY keyboard. Other features include a three megapixel camera, voice recording, and the standard AT&T applications. If messaging is your thing, this um, messaging centric phone will be available on the 17th of October for 100 bucks with a two year contract. Verizon Monday announced the Five Spot, a global hotspot modem providing 3G speeds in over 120 countries. It connects to the Verizon Wireless Network here in the U.S. Uh, to provide eVideo Rev-A speeds over Wi-Fi for up to five devices. And then it will connect to quad-band GSM, Edge, and tri-band WCDMA in countries other than the U.S. The device is $40 per month for 250 megs or $60 a month for five gigs. Verizon is also offering prepaid plans. 15 bucks a month, uh, excuse me, $15 for 100 megabytes for one day, $30 for 300 megabytes for seven days, $50 for one gigabyte for 30 days, and $80 for five gigs for 30 days. Finally, global plans range from $130 a month for five gigs in the US and Canada and 100 megs in other countries to $220 a month for five gigs in the US and Canada and 200 megs in other countries. So don't plan on using this thing for streaming of your Slingbox. Overage rates from $0.05 to $0.10 per megabyte, depending on your plan. The device will cost $100 after rebate and is now available. Verizon announcing Monday the Casio GZ1 Ravine flip phone. The Ravine uh, complies with 810G military specs for protection against dust, moisture, vibrations, and extreme temperatures. 3.2 megapixel camera. LED flash, push to talk, Verizon Navigator. It comes with a compass, thermometer, tide information, and sunrise and sunset schedules available for $150 with a new agreement and rebate. Have you checked out the Cell Phone Junkie lately? Uh, If you're looking to get your cell phone information uh, on the go and very timely, head over to thecellphonejunkie.com from your computer or smartphone to read all the latest news devices and software. It's really the only site you need to stay up on the latest happenings in the cell phone industry. We've completely revamped it. We did that a couple of months ago, and we're posting anywhere from you know 5 to 10. Uh, this past week, I had, I think, 20 stories one day. And so all the news, it's aggregated into one site that you can follow. You can read. You can sort by news, devices, software. You can listen to the podcast directly on the site. You can read all the reviews that we've done. And of course, you can contact us directly from there as well. There's one-click feeds for uh, the RSS feed, Facebook, Twitter, as well as one-clicks for subscribing to the podcast as well. It's uh, we've, we've done a lot of work to get it to where it is today. So we, uh, we hope you like it. And uh, if you haven't seen it recently, head over thecellphonejunkie.com. I'll also give you a hint if you're on a, on a mobile browser. An easier way to get there is tcpj.info. That's tcpj.info. And we've got a mobile optimized site as well. So if you pull it up on a WebKit browser, you don't see all the, the fancy graphics and everything like that, but you get access to all the stories and you can still sort as well on there. So it's a... Uh, Uh, Check that one out if you haven't yet. We do appreciate uh, your support of the site and, of course, uh, of the show. Netflix for the iOS was updated on Monday, uh, now supporting video out. The update is free for all iPhone 4 and iPod 4th generation owners through the iTunes store. So check that one out if you want to uh, stream your Netflix from your iPhone. I thought about this one, Joey, and when I would actually find myself in a position where I would use this. I don't have a cable that connects to the 30-pin dock connector and then to the back of a TV or anything like that. So I can't see it 
being used, but I guess maybe if you've got a dock or something, you can set it in, you'd be good. Yep, that'd be great. And also, if uh, it'd be kind of a, in a good situation if you didn't have a media player on your TV, for example. Like if you had a, a, a TV in a different room in your house that you used occasionally uh, and you wanted the bigger screen, but you didn't really have anything else connected up to it just to save on cash, you just use this to stream Netflix. Or if you're traveling and you go to hotel rooms, um, you bring the little cable along that you can purchase yeah. separately and then hook it up to the, you know, since now a lot of hotel rooms have nice big flat screen TVs why you know get stuck watching commercial tv or pay for the very expensive uh, pay-per-view movies that are available stream a netflix movie yeah you just totally answered my question because i just thought about that you know how many times i've wanted to watch netflix uh in the bedroom when i i don't have anything that can access it i could just take my iphone pop it in a dock and and it'd be connected up to the the tv and, and be good to go Good point. Yeah, that's a very good thing. So anyway, so yeah, great news from Netflix. They can uh, they can now offer you streaming support for the iPhone 4 and 4th generation iPod. Android devices running version 2.1 or higher can now download Skype from the Android market. Finally, the software is limited, though, to calls over Wi-Fi networks here in the U.S. and cannot be downloaded in either China or Japan. The latest version has issues with incompatibilities with the Galaxy S line from Samsung, though, and the application does allow you to make free calls to other Skype users or have instant messaging conversations with individuals or groups. Also on Monday, Fring announcing that its Fring Out calling services would be available for Android. International calling starting at just one cent per minute. The service can be used over Wi-Fi, 3G, and 4G connections. The application can be downloaded for free from the Android market as well. Google on Thursday announcing the arrival of the Google Google Goggles to the iOS. Goggles is now a feature uh, of the Google mobile application for the iOS, allowing you to photograph an item, and Google will recognize it and return search results. In the new version, just tap on the camera button to search using Goggles, and then we'll post, we posted a short video here. The update is free and can be downloaded from the App Store for the iPhone 4 and 3GS. I did use it to, uh, to take a picture of my BlackBerry Bold, and it came back with a result for the BlackBerry Bold 2. So there you go. It, it does work, sort of. I guess, although I try to take <laughs> pictures of other things and uh, it only it, it gets things that it like are, you know, very specific, like you can't hold up like um, like a hand, you know, or like a coaster, like a generic thing. It can't figure that out. It, it'll return a bunch of stuff that kind of looks like it, which is imp- which is impressive. Don't get me wrong, but it's not it won't say coaster if you take a picture of like a, you know, little coaster. So anyway, it also recognizes names very well. So take a picture of like a Starbucks cup and it'll come back with a Starbucks cup. So if you can figure that out anyway, PayPal announcing last week, they would be offering check caching as a feature to their iOS application. The functionality did arrive in an update on Wednesday for the iPhone 3GS and iPhone 4. Simply take a photo of the front and back of the check with the application. PayPal will process the check and the funds will be available in about five business days. The update and application are free and can be downloaded from the app store. So I guess in the next like, six months maybe i'll get another check and i can try this out i don't get a lot of checks written to me so i can't say that i this will happen a lot but i do want to check it out and so i'll, I'll uh, definitely post up something once i get that taken care of because it, it is kind of neat um i know you've got uh, usaa i think right and they they offer an ios application that does this which is kind of neat. And chase does as well yep exactly uh rumored last week t-mobile announcing wednesday wi-fi calling available on android devices The application will allow phone calls to be made over a Wi-Fi connection, though unlike the UMA that you find on Blackberries, the call will not be handed off to a cellular network if Wi-Fi is dropped. 
Users will be able to place voice calls and send SMS messages using the service. Phones featuring the application include the upcoming Motorola Defy and the updated MyTouch. It was not mentioned if additional costs would be incurred, though, when using the service. If you're an owner of the BlackBerry Torch 9800, RIM announced Wednesday that software update uh, d- would be happening for the device, improving speed and performance of the browser. Other fixes included improved responsiveness after unlocking, faster application launches, and overall improvements to email, media, and graphic rendering. The update is being pushed out to devices over the air and can be downloaded manually through RIM's website. Just weeks after it was announced, HTCSense.com was officially launched on Thursday with support for the Desire Z and Desire HD. The mobile me-like tool allows for users to manage their phone remotely, allowing wiping of data, determining location, and setting up call forwarding functions. More information at HTCSense.com. And for those Mac users that have been lucky enough to already received their Nokia N8, devices uh, for when devices uh, will now allow for syncing with Macs. Uh, Nokia Thursday released a plug-in for Apple's iSync software, allowing synchronization between the two for calendar and address book access. The plugin is free to download, and installation instructions can be found on Nokia's site. Samsung rolling out a GPS fix, announcing it on their Twitter page on Thursday. The JI6 patch is expected to fix GPS issues encountered for those using the vibrant variant of the Galaxy S device. The Wall Street Journal reporting Thursday that Amazon is nearly ready to open up the Android Android application store. The store will provide a similar revenue-sharing model as the app market from Google. Further, the applications cannot be priced lower than other app outlets. A release schedule, though, has not been set. And Mozilla released a beta version of its Firefox mobile browser software for Android this week. The browser offers the the availability to sync between the desktop and mobile device, plus add-ons to enhance the browsing experience. The version is a free download for the Android software. Into some questions and comments. First is a question from Daniel. He says, my name is Daniel, and I wanted to say how much I love your show. It is so amazing how technology is expanding so quickly. What could possibly be next? I have a question about my Droid X. I just got a Google phone number and wanted to use it for message transcription. I forwarded my cell phone number to my new Google number and thought I was on my way. However, my messages don't get picked up or transcribed. I get uh, All I get is 20 or 30 seconds of blank static. Can you help? I love this idea, but I can't afford to keep missing messages. Thank you, and keep up the great show, Daniel. Well, Daniel, uh, this is sometimes happening um, when certain browsers are used to uh, to playback messages. So sometimes if you're using like IE or Chrome or Firefox, um, sometimes the Flash browsers are not playing messages properly. Though what I'm understanding from you here is that your your messages are not being transcribed on the phone. I did a quick Google search and I found uh, I found a link here where it shows some people having a similar issue, um, and and they basically said that uh, you know it just it took them kind of resetting them, uh, resetting the the forwarding and and doing some all sorts. Basically, no one had an answer. I guess is where I'm getting at. Um, everyone was trying different things to to get it taken care of. Um, I don't know. I have not had this issue though because I actually use a specific Google Voice number uh, for everything, and I don't. Um, I'll just say I don't forward. Well, no, I do forward my voicemail to the to Google Voice. I don't know, Joey. Do you have any thoughts on this one? 
No, I really don't. It definitely sounds like there's some sort of an account issue because, yeah, you shouldn't be getting static. You should actually hear the voicemail of the person that, that's calling you. So, um, because otherwise it wouldn't get to that point. You wouldn't get the message, you know, with saying you've got a new voicemail, but then when you try to listen to it, there's nothing there. So, um, honestly, maybe trying to contact Google technical support may be the best thing to do, but I don't know if there's even a way to do that. Yeah, you can uh, if you go to google.com/voice there are links to uh, to contact there. Or actually you know what it is, it's forums. There I'm trying to think if there's contact information there. Anyway, you know, I do this with multiple phones and any of the phones that get called if if I don't pick that phone up, it goes to Google and then it forwards it out to all the other phones, which is actually pretty nice. It it saves me. I I turn off phones all the time so that I don't and I don't have to change forwarding or anything like that. But when a call goes to Google Voice, sometimes I will not see the message get transcribed. But it's been quite a while since that's happened. It was for a while there. It was I was having some problems with it. Um, I guess I've gotten static on a couple of messages every once in a while, but it's it's not regularly. I'm wondering though if you try and place a call to yourself from like a landline if you're getting that problem as well um or if it's just maybe maybe someone that's that's calling and i I don't know if if it's people that you know or if it's people that you not know you know who knows yeah so that's kind of exactly it yeah every once in a while the uh, the uh, messages don't get transcribed either because their volume's too low or the server just doesn't work at that moment when it comes in so that is uh that does happen to me occasionally though I haven't had any issues with it, so I'm wondering if we can try and troubleshoot with you a little bit more. So either hopefully you've either figured it out already or from this message, if you've got some additional information that you can provide, maybe we can help you out with it. Next is a question uh, as a text sent to us from area code 405. It says, hey, guys, in my Twitter feed, uh, I saw a new feature on Android where Wi-Fi calling is now available for T-Mobile. Though I have a T-Mobile grandfathered loyalty plan and have unlimited everything, so I don't see what the hype is all about. Can you guys explain? Look forward to each show every week. Well, this is for people who don't have that unlimited plan. Um, And for those that want to place calls, if they've got just like a a 500-minute plan and, and want to get an Android device and want to be able to make calls from when they're at their home or their office or whatever and have Wi-Fi. UMA is the same same way. Think about traveling as well. Here's the other cool thing. If you're in a an international country and you've got Wi-Fi access, you can actually use your phone over the Wi-Fi connection to place calls to the US. As long as you are placing calls to numbers that are not international to your plan, you can still place calls. You can also receive calls over Wi-Fi. That is a very, very big advantage to people who travel regularly that maybe want to make and receive calls while they're, while they're you know, overseas, but don't want to spend a ton of money. Uh, this is a great way to go. It's kind of like having Skype on your phone, except it ties in with your phone number. And so the actual voice call goes over and it's, people don't have to call you a different way. It's just directly done over the, uh, you know, over the Wi-Fi with your phone. It's very nice. It is. And there's one other feature if you uh, live in an area where you don't have very good T-Mobile coverage, like at your house, for example, you can have Wi-Fi routers in your house and you'll have great coverage. You know, I, uh, I don't have it. I sometimes wish I do. I don't travel internationally a lot and I guess I don't really necessarily care, though. I, I know the T-Mobile service is uh, is a little bit spotty at my office. I think it's if I remember correctly, it's OK at my house. Anyway, 
it would, um, I, I guess it would be, you know, kind of neat to be able to, you know, be in a Wi-Fi hotspot and be able to make unlimited calls. I mean, I think it's cool. I like it. I like having that functionality, especially if you're, you know, you're on T-Mobile. Um, I've got a family member who has it and uses it all the time. And, and so I know it works. And uh, so anyway, so that, that would be why that you'd want it. And uh, next one is a question from Eric. He says, after listening to the special edition podcast with Dieter and checking out the pictures of the Droid Pro on Android Central, I got to wondering if the Droid Pro could be the Android phone for Joey. I know it's not a clamshell, but the BlackBerry-like keyboard seems to fit the bill. Just curious what you guys think about the device. Thanks. Keep up the great shows. Well, Joey, that one's for you. What do you think about the Droid Pro? I definitely like it. I do like that form factor. Obviously, I'd want to, you know, touch it and actually kind of see how it interacts because I know most Android phones have a tall, tall screen, and that's kind of what they're designed for. So I'd want to make sure that it kind of fits in that size all right and seems pretty, you know, pretty usable as far as web browsing and such. But I I suppose if uh, if I needed an Android device, I would seriously look at that one. And I think I would, too. Um, As you heard earlier, I I really liked it. I spent a lot of time with it over there. Uh, in, in San Francisco and, and thought they did just a fantastic job putting it together. And it's, qual- it's, it's, it's a solid device. It's got a good keyboard. The specs are there. I mean, it's the real deal. It's, you know, it's as close as it gets. I just don't have a reason to upgrade my Verizon line, number one, because it's a business line. So uh, I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to get it here. But um, nonetheless, it is, uh, it's, it's on the top of the list of devices that I would love to, at the very least, check out from Verizon soon. And finally today, a question from Dennis. He says, I use Consumer Cellular, which contracts with AT&T for their GSM services. Uh, Consumer Cellular has a very limited limited number of phones available. Many are AT&T discontinued models, but the price is right. I'm presently using the Motorola Crazer, uh, though it's a little bit thin and has small flat keys. What I'm looking for is a good unlocked clamshell flip phone that works on GSM that's more of a uh, that fits the following list of things. A loud ringer, edge, uh, as well as good for texting, good reception, excellent sound quality, larger raised keys, and a missed call alert. I don't have a need for any games or toys or any other features other than those. I would recommend appreciate any recommendations or assistance to find such a phone should one still exist. Well, yeah, it's harder and harder to find phones that are, I guess, we'll just call them normal phones. And, uh, you know, everyone is going to the smartphone uh, game now here. There's um, one of the sites that we often reference and refer people to for their phone finder functionality is PhoneScoop. And I want to recommend that you go here and play around with this phone finder, phonescoop.com slash phone slash finder. And you're going to be able to choose on here uh, a number of different things. You can you can leave the carrier blank. Of course, choose that you're looking for available phones. Uh, and then you can enter in other criteria. Like if you want a flip phone, click on flip. Um, you don't care about the platform, so we'll leave that one alone. Um, and then you're looking for, are you looking for world roaming? You can say if you want world roaming or not. Uh, you say you want it to be on GSM. So we'll choose uh, GSM here. And, you know, you can choose all these other things. And once you get done, uh, you just hit search. And it's going to pull back a number of phones that are available. Now, there's a lot of phones that are out there. And I can't say that there's there's one particular phone that I can recommend or, you know, over another Um you know, the on the unlock side, if you're talking about reception, one of the things that I'll always recommend for great phones for reception are Nokia's. And, you know, so head over to NokiaUSA.com and, and take a look at what they have over there. Um, you're looking for a flip phone, though. Most of those are the candy bar styling, um, though you're going to see a couple over there. And, and I don't know if they're going to you know fit the bill of what you are exactly thinking is going to uh, to, to, to make sense. But, um, you know, you're 
maybe take a look at some Samsungs. Motorola's are typically pretty good as well. I mean, uh, there's there's thousands of phones. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, there's so many to choose from. Um, what my recommendation, dude, is is to kind of do some Google searches for for them to see if you like any particular model. If they jump out at you as looking good. Um, look at the dimensions on phone scoop and then kind of take that and look some of the models up go to ebay see if you can just find cheap ones that you could literally just try see if you like them and resell them if you don't um then look for models that you do like you know do other google searches on that in forums for example to see if the ringers are loud or if there's any complaints that you know people say oh the ringer's not loud enough to hear or or other user complaints like that that's a good way to do uh to do it but it's uh yeah it, there's so many choices it's it is difficult to make a recommendation it's it's always i think the hardest question you know what what device should i get i i don't know <laughs> i don't know what you should get uh but you know i i think I think Nokia's are good, I, I, especially on the GSM side for solid signal quality. It's it's hard to beat. Um, but again, maybe you're you're in a good area and it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, and Motorola's are are typically good too. Um, I've got a couple of razors here. I could send you an old razor. <laughs> yeah, razors. I mean, they're yeah. very highly rated. I mean, everybody loves a razor. Take actually take a look at that because that would be a great one to uh, to look into because that they're they seem to be indestructible. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I don't have a, a great recommendation for just a, a non, uh, you know, a non smartphone because there's just so many. Uh, and I think that's probably why you're asking because there are so many. Um, but again, it's, you know, do, just do a little research. I'll tell you what, if you find some that you like, Dennis, uh, send us an email back and I, I'll take a look at them and, and just kind of I run it through my, okay, what do I think about this? And, and we'll go from there and I can give you some recommendations back. But um, again, take a look at phone scoop and, and go through their feature, their phone finder. And, and hopefully you can find some that work uh, for you. Just make sure you, you check available ones because they have a, a very big catalog. And so you're going to find a lot that are either been discontinued or ones that are upcoming. Uh, either way, you're going to find some in there too. So that's it. Lots of questions, lots of content. Great CTIA show this year. I had a lot of fun and uh, can't wait for the next one. Uh, Joey and I will uh, likely be at CES coming up here in early January, if nothing else, to see the iPhone get released. Wink, wink, nod, nod. If you have any questions <laughs> or contacts for us, you can send us an email to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com or text to 775-773-TCPJ. That's 8275. Or give a call 206 203 Three seven three four, and of course, hit the website if you want to see all the latest that's going on in the news. TheCellPhoneJunkie.com, and you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Facebook.com/slash TheCellPhoneJunkie, Twitter.com/slash CellPhoneJunkie. I was kind of a Twitter holic this week, being at the show. You can find out all my musings over there. Twitter.com/slash TCPJ underscore Mickey, and all the fun stuff from Joey at TCPJ underscore Joey. You were talking quite a bit on Twitter this week, actually. People yeah, I go questions. through little little spurts. Yeah. Ask Joey a question. He'll respond to you. It's always fun to see the stuff that people ask him. It's like cars. Uh, what the heck were you talking about this week? It was some iPhone stuff that was on there. Yeah, iPhone um, stuff. Yeah, who knows? It varies. Yeah. Some, sometimes TV shows every TV. once in a while. You know, Follow us. It's, it's fun. Sure. Hit us up on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, why are you not on Twitter? I saw the social, <laughs> I saw the social network this week. I don't know if you. I know you're not a big going out to movies guy, but man, was that interesting. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you any information on it because if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it. But um, yeah, 
I'll be uh, I'll be renting that one the, right away when it comes out on Netflix because it was awesome, very very yeah. fun. I, I know it's very very highly rated. I mean, literally the concept to me the, of the movie it sounds ludicrously boring, but they've obviously <laughs> they've done something to it to make it exciting. So, if, especially if you've been using Facebook for a long time, you'll totally appreciate it. It's 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 really cool. So, anyway, Joey, thank you very much as always for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.